You are tuned in to America's positive radio talk show, David Essel Live, celebrating 24 years on the air. Welcome aboard, gang. Broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Proud to be part of the premier iHeart Clear Channel Radio Network. 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. The purpose of the show, as it has been for 24 years, is to bring you the most inspiring guests, people that will make you think, make you move, make you shift, and bring you to a higher level in life. And coming up in just a couple minutes, my guest is going to do exactly that, Reverend Dr. Matthew Fox. Here's something that's amazing to me, and I'm going to talk to Matthew about this. I don't know how in 24 years I haven't had him on the show yet. (laughs) I know it's all in God's timing, but I have to think, you know, this guy has been so influential in the world of spirituality, religion, the combination of the two, branching out into things even much bigger and broader and esoteric than that as well. But the fact that I haven't had him on makes this even more special for us here. And, And I want to remind all of our listeners that if you have friends and family members that are on a path of spiritual growth, that are not able to hear us live. Every show we do is archived. All you have to do after 9 p.m. Eastern tonight is to go to our website, talkdavid.com, and you'll be able to hear Reverend Dr. Matthew Fox talk about his most recent book. He's the author of 30 books. Amazingly enough as that is, the author of 30 books. His uh, most recent one is Meister Ike Eckhart, 13th Century Religious Mavericks Ideas to Modern Times. Reverend and Dr. Fox, welcome to the show. Very nice to have you with us. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Hey, now, I, I'm going to start off with a big question, and then I'm going to go on to a little bit of your life, Matthew, and then we'll go on to, to, to Meister Eckhart's life and his book, the book that you've written. You, you know, there, there's a parallel in many ways to you and Meister Eckhart. Do you think in any way that you could be a reincarnation of him here now? <laughs> well, a few people have posed that, but... Um... All I know is we were both uh, Dominicans in the Dominican order. I was in for 34 years. Then the the Pope fired me about 20 years ago, and um, I've moved on. But um, uh, we do share a lot in common, so he got in trouble with Popes, too, in his day. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And uh, uh, so we've definitely hung out together, that's for sure. He came to me yeah. in a dream once uh, when I was having an operation on my neck. He came to me. We went walking together on the beach. It was a very transcendent dream, and mm. uh, that was early in my uh, my work with him. So that was kind of nice too. So uh, whatever the relationship, I'm I'm grateful for it. Yeah, yeah, because I see so many similarities, you know. And mm-hmm. and do you believe in reincarnation? Well, um, uh, partially. Uh, not, not too literally, but I, I've learned not to take anything important too literally, you know. Uh, yeah. I think there are, there are connections between our lives and, and other experiences from the past and the ancestors, for sure. Yes, yes. Well, how is it that, that you were let go by the Pope? How is it that, <laughs> what, 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 what happened there? Well, the, this is, um, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger was the... Um, Inquisitor General at the time. Later he became Pope, but but he gave me a list of objections to my work. The first is that I, I'm a feminist theologian. I didn't know that was a heresy. Second, that I call God Mother, but I proved that all the medieval mystics call God Mother, including Eckhart. 
Thirdly, that I prefer original blessing to original sin. I wrote a book called Original Blessing that kind of um, got people mm. riled up in the Vatican. Uh, fourth, <laughs> that I don't condemn homosexuals. Uh, why should anyone condemn homosexuals? Uh, Eight to ten percent of any given population is going to be gay or lesbian, and and uh, obviously uh, nature uh, is in favor of diversity. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what would the other objections? Oh, I, I work too closely with Native Americans. Now I don't know what that means, but uh, <laughs> I do derive a lot of um, wisdom uh, from working with Native people, and especially their rituals and sweat lodges and sun dances and things. Sure. And um, so that was the list of, of um, objections. I think mm. it's kind of a Rorschach test to where the past two popes were at, which wasn't a very pretty place. Of course, mm. he does a healthier, healthier guy at the helm these days, Pope Francis. But um, so it's kind of an honor, I think, that I got booted. They they <laughs> booted, yeah, they booted 105 theologians, and in a in a book, I listed them off from many countries. So that's a lot <laughs> oh of theologians gosh. to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> now, now let me ask you this. When when it happened, do you remember the emotions being excommunicated? Here you are, a priest in the Catholic Church, and you're being excommunicated. You're being told that you're no longer wanted, needed, cared for, loved. My words, not anyone else's. Um, <laughs> did, 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 how, did that, how did you take it when you got that message? Well, I knew it was a political act because the same year they booted me, they booted... Father Leonardo Buff in South America, in Brazil, he was the most mm. read Catholic theologian in Brazil, and they put yeah. Father Eugene Drewman, a psychiatrist priest in Germany, who was the most read Catholic theologian in Europe. So, so it was an honor. I, I'm, I was the most read Catholic theologian in North America, and I got the boot. So it was a political act, and um, I, I understood that. They were trying to spread fear among other theologians to get in line and quit thinking, which is... Right. Uh, which is why they ended up with a pedophile crisis, because they, they appointed bishops and cardinals who don't think, who have no conscience of their own, who are just yes-men. So it was part of that bigger picture of, um, of uh, appointing yes-men, and then they had the uh, horrible scandals of uh, the pedophile priests on their hand as well. So um, it, it was a sad, a very dark a very dark 34 years in the Catholic Church, and I wrote a book about it called The Pope's War, where I lay out mm-hmm. all this, and at the end I have I list those 105 theologians uh, who were booted and um, very badly treated, and um, it's, uh, it's a pity that, uh, wow. that people had to go through this. Resentments on your part, are there any? Were there any then? Are there any now? Could you be honest with that? I don't think, uh, I think I've, I've, uh, cleared myself out. I wouldn't say resentments, but disappointment, yes. I, I was disappointed in the lack of courage on the part of uh, some church leaders who could have stood up and been counted. Now, some did. In the, the Dutch Dominicans um, in Holland, they supported me, and they offered me religious asylum to join them. But unfortunately, wow. um, you need permission from your previous uh, boss, a provincial in Chicago, and he, he wouldn't uh, grant it so that I could switch to the Dutch province. So that's when it, yeah. it became... Yeah, because then he'd get pulled into the war, right? Uh, I guess he felt that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, why did you go to the Episcopals? What, what, what was the transition? How long was it before you became an Episcopalian church, a priest, and why? Uh-huh. Well, it was because uh, some young Anglicans from England came to me, and um, 
about five of them showed up at a conference I was doing in Seattle, and it turned out they were, I just finished a book called The Reinvention of Work, which was pretty timely, seeing as the Pope gave me a big slip. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and um, the last chapter was on reinventing ritual, and, and I talked about the need to bring the body back and, and, and to use new, uh, the new languages of media and, and rap and all these other art forms that were developing. And lo and behold, these young people from England came to see me, and they have been doing this in worship in, in, in the Anglican Church, the Episcopal Church in, in England. And I said, how can I help you guys? And they said, well, we're already using your theology, the cosmic Christ, and all that, but if you were Episcopal priest, you could run interference for us. You get what we're doing. So I prayed about it and thought about it. I said, well, the Pope fired me. He doesn't need me anymore. So I went to the Episcopal bishop in San Francisco, Bishop Swing, and said, here's the deal. I want to work with young people to reinvent forms of worship and make it much more fun and exciting. Um, and, and that's what I'd want to do if I'd become an Episcopal priest. So he gave me a green light, and he said, go for it. So that's why I became an Episcopal priest, for a very specific purpose. And yes. So we're doing these Masses. We've done over 95 of them now. We call it the Cosmic Mass. We just did one at Grace Cathedral in San Francisco a month right. ago. Right. So, right. Um, hey, uh, Matt, Matthew, you know what? I, I, I'm so sorry. I've got to interrupt you. We've got to go to a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Matthew Fox, author of the book Meister Eckhart, 13th century religious mavericks ideas to modern times. We're going to come back and talk about Eckhart, talk about more of Matthew's life, and really get you involved and excited about getting going with your spiritual path. You're tuned in to America's Positive Radio talk show, David Essel Alive, every archive at talkdavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay there. that in just three hours, your life can be radically changed? Hi, I'm iHeartRadio host and author David Essel. Every month, we offer a low-cost, three-hour seminar that you can join from anywhere in the USA for only $27. Our life-changing topics range from financial freedom to love and relationships, as well as our motivational seminar, Change Your Life Now. Visit TalkDavid.com. That's TalkDavid.com right now. And sign up for only $27. Need toner? The Toner Kings sells all leading brands of toner cartridges to hundreds of businesses across the country. And Fortune 500 companies like Lockheed Martin, American Red Cross, and Excellus Blue Cross, just to name a few. Just head online to thetonerkings.com. Order toner and save up to 60% off dealer pricing with their 100% guarantee. You can try a new cost-effective toner solution with no risk. Visit thetonerkings.com. Mention you heard this ad on XM Radio and get an additional 20% off your first toner order. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. David Essel in the box, celebrating 24 years on the air. 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-TALK. Text us during the show, 941266 7676. Really awesome to have my guest on, the Reverend and Dr. Matthew Fox, author of 30 
books. Three of them, as a matter of fact. I believe this is the third book on Meister Eckhart. Uh, the, the topic of the day is his newest book, The 13th Century Religious Mavericks Ideas to Modern Times. And, and this is, Matthew, your third book on Meister Eckhart. Is that correct? That's true. I wrote the other two, though, over 30 years ago. So I've oh, had a wow. lot of students uh, in between, and I've seen their lives change by being exposed to Meister Eckhart because he's so mm. profound and, and he catches your, your imagination. With his now, Meister, Meister means master. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, he was German, and that's kind of the, that's the German word for master, and um, it's kind of an honorific title. But uh, um, he's that's how he's known as Meister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and why why your intense effort? Even though the other two books were written thirty years ago, the third book on one person. Tell me that the attraction, the draw for you internally. Well, um, he's amazing. I, I think that. Maybe we could not understand him until today. He's so ecumenical. He's so inter interfaith. You see, I have a chapter in this book on Eckhart and Buddhism. I put him in the room with Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk, of Eckhart and, yes. and um, Hinduism, because Kumar Swami, a Hindu uh, artist, in the 1930s wrote a book on art and nature, and he has a chapter on Eckhart, and he says reading Eckhart is like reading the Upanishads. Well, that's a tremendous compliment from a Hindu. You can't get a higher compliment. Mm. I put him in the room with with the Sufis. Uh, Rumi was thirteen. Or Eckhart was thirteen when Rumi died, and Hafiz, who came along right after Rumi, he was a contemporary mm-hmm. of Eckhart. And I've had Sufis tell me Eckhart is a Sufi, and I put him in the room with shamans <laughs> like blackout. So it's just stunning that he he reaches all these um, these different traditions not because he knew them all but because he goes so deeply into his own soul and into his, his Christian roots that he comes to a place of common wisdom. And so we need that today. Religions should, instead of fighting each other and competing, they should be gathering their mutual wisdom and putting it out there to because uh, our, our species is in plenty of trouble and we can use all the wisdom we can get. And that kind Absolutely. of a terrific guide. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in, in in a little bit, if we have time, I'm going to go through and actually have you, uh, as you were you were talking about uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, the Buddhist monk. I want to I want to do some comparisons with you. Um, but before we get to that, how have you changed personally through the studies to produce this newest book? Like, are there concrete? Um, um, I guess examples, uh, Reverend Fox, that you could give us that say, you know, this this is who I was prior to writing the book a year ago or two years ago or whenever you started, and this is who I am now after being refreshed with Meister Eckhart's wisdom and, and energy? Well, um, the last two chapters of the book, I apply Eckhart's principles to issues that we're all wrestling with today. I call it the four E's, and that is... Uh, Education. I think education has to include more creativity, more intuition, more of the right brain, and Eckhart's a champion of that. Uh, the e- economics. Obviously, we had a big collapse six years ago, and um, we've just been putting band-aids on on Wall Street. And I think that Eckhart uh, gives us a whole new direction for economics. We need economics that works for everyone on the planet, not just all the two-legged ones, but the forests and the oceans and the four-legged ones. Eckhart uh, points to that direction, too. And then, of course, there's ecumenism. We just talked about that, religious diversity. And, and then uh, there's ecology. Uh, Eckhart uh, very much celebrates the sacredness of all of nature and all of creation. 
And this is something you have to get back to. And in his tradition, it's the cosmic Christ. In the Buddhist tradition, it's the Buddha nature of all things. Right. But until we recover the sense of the reverence for nature, we're not going to save nature. And so the ecological crisis is really a spiritual crisis. And Eckhart can really help with that. So for all these reasons, Eckhart gives me energy to keep going and keep, um, what should I say, uh, stepping on people's toes and, <laughs> and <laughs> making some, making some, uh, some waves. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I believe it was somewhere in, in your book that you, you and, and these are my words, maybe I'm paraphrasing this, but, I, but the feeling I got was that one of the things that you loved about um, Meister Eckhart is his combination or the marriage of deep contemplation, but also deep action or intense action. Talk about that. Exactly. Yes, in his day, I mean, the reason he was condemned was he, that he walked his talk. And so there were two issues, especially in his day. One was the women's movement. The Beguines were invented in the Middle Ages, and they were women who, who did not want to get married and did not want to join a convent. And there was no alternative for women at that time, but the Beguines provided an alternative. And they so threatened the Pope that the Pope uh, condemned them 17 different times, which suggests that uh, his condemnation wasn't uh, being heeded too, too, wow. too well. And so he threatened any Dominican who worked with them would be automatically excommunicated. But Eckhart kept working with them, and they with him, and they influenced each other. And Eckhart had a very feminist consciousness. He understood God as woman as well as God as, as male, and he celebrated that. So that was one area. Another area was the peasants. In, in Eckhart's day, German was not yet a full-fledged language. It was uh, a series of dialects of the peasants. Eckhart was the first intellectual, the first theologian to preach in German in this dialect to the, to the peasants. And we found the transcripts of his trial in the 19th century, and in it they said to him, uh, why are you confusing the simple people, telling them that they're all other Christs, that they're all aristocrats and nobles? Uh, they said, if you were to preach in Latin, like everyone else does, we'd let you go. Eckhart did not say, oh, I'm sorry, I'll go back to Latin. He said, the poor need to learn, for if they do not, they will never know how to live or why to die. And ten years after he said those words, the peasant wars broke out in Germany, and thousands of peasants were murdered in a mm. class war that went on. And so Eckhart was attuned to the haves and the have-nots and what was really going on. And he did what he could do to empower the, the poor and to give them a voice. So these were the real reasons he was condemned. It was for his political work. And so he had as much courage as he did uh, insight and wisdom. Yeah. We, we have a minute before a, a break, uh, Reverend Fox, and then we're going to go to a break. We're going to keep you with us. There's so many more questions I have for you. But really quickly, did he die a happy man? Do we know that? <laughs> well, he was um, at a trial in Avignon where the Pope was living at the time in France, and they put him on trial, and then he died there a week after the trial ended, and then a week after he died, they condemned him or condemned some of his ideas. And then his work kind of went underground, which is yeah. a pity, because we need this combination that you spoke of, of the contemplative and the active. But this is one more reason why I think he's so, he's so relevant to today. But um, I think he died happy. He, he once wrote, that he said, if the only prayer you say in, the whole li in your whole life is thank you, that would suffice. So oh, my this, gosh. Yeah. Yes. The deep attitude of, of, 
of gratefulness, and mm. uh, and he loved life. He 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 says, "Isness is God." He says, "Every creature is a word of God and a book about God. Every creature is another Christ." So he had this beautiful uh, consciousness of the omnipresence of uh, of uh, of the divine, whether it's called Christ, cosmic Christ, or Buddha nature. It's uh, yes. it makes you all happy. It's beautiful. Reverend and Dr. Matthew Fox is with us. We're going to a quick break. We're coming back. I'm loving it. If the only prayer you say is thank you, that's enough. It kills my heart to see It rising no longer on me It's critical on me You stop messing with me It kills my heart to know you don't think this love could grow Cause anywhere you go You know I would follow you're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Proud to be part of the premier Clear Channel iHeartRadio network. 1-800-548-TALK is the number as well as the text 941-266-7676. My guest, this has been awesome, an awesome 30 minutes. We've got another 10, 12 minutes left here with our interview, Reverend and Dr. Matthew Fox, author of 30 books, his most recent one, Meister Eckhart, 13th Century Religious Mavericks, Ideas to Modern Times. Hey, uh, to, to jump tracks for a moment here, um, Matthew, we, we have on, uh, on a regular basis a woman from Ireland who actually went to your last big event in San Francisco. Um, her name is Lorna Byrne. Oh, yeah, I know Lorna well. She's an amazing person. Isn't she? Experience with the angels. She's very authentic. Yes, I, I interviewed her for an hour and a half at Grace Cathedral in San Francisco a few months ago. There were a thousand oh. people there, and it was a beautiful evening. Yeah. That is so... Because I, I remember... I'm glad you she, know her. Oh, very, very well. As a matter of fact, when she was on the show, she said, Oh, David... I don't know how far you are from San Francisco, but I'm going to be with Reverend Matthew Fox, and I was laughing. We, we were talking about it on the air because she was going actually that very week uh-huh. um, yes. to be okay. with you. So we, yeah. we, we, you know, we were able to help uh, promote the fact that she was going to be there with you. Well, thank and you. I'm, yeah, I'm glad that you had such a great turnout. That's awesome. Yeah, it was wonderful. And, and she talked about the unemployed angels today. And I asked her, what's an unemployed angel? Well, she says... <laughs> God is pouring angels on the world, on the earth, to help us because we're in so much trouble, and people aren't asking them for help, so they're wandering oh. around unemployed. <laughs> wow, that is so. I love that. What a great. <laughs> co- okay, okay, you know what? There's so many things I, I want to have you back on the show. Um, be, be, there's just so many questions I have. We could, we could, I could go in a thousand different directions with you. I'm going to stay focused on your latest book, but there there are so many things that you could help enlighten us with. And and we will do that another time if you have the okay. time to do so. Well, yeah, um, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Okay, let's talk about Meister Eckhart and Buddhism. You have a chapter in there speaking yeah. about him and Thich Nhat Hanh. Go ahead and share a couple right. minutes on that. Well, um, it, it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Suzuki, the uh, Japanese Buddhist philosopher back in the 50s, he knew Eckhart. He said Eckhart, he told Thomas Merton, the Catholic monk, that Eckhart was sure. the one Zen thinker of the West and that <laughs> Merton should read Eckhart. And, uh, 
and Merton took his advice, and it, it changed him from being a dualistic, guilt-ridden monk of the 50s to being a very prophetic and activist uh, uh, monk of the, of the 60s. But um, here's Eckhart talking about meditation, and it, it's pure Buddhism, and yet he never met a Buddhist in his life, nor did he ever read uh, a Buddhist text. He says, how then should one love God? You should love God mindlessly. So your soul is without mind and free from all, en- all mental activities. Um, and um, so you should bear, be bare of all mind and stay there without mind. Uh, how then should you love God? Love God as God is a not God, not mind, not person, not image, a pure, clear one separate from all two-ness. Well, that's pure Buddhism. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> and Buddhists recognize that, of course. And uh, but Eckhart got it as a Westerner, as a Christian, going into his own soul and his own experience. Um, so that's one place. Now, Thich Nhat Hanh also talks about God as a ground of being, and he loves that phrase, ground of being. And Thich Nhat Hanh gives credit to Paul Tillich, the 20th century German uh, theologian, for that. But Tillich got it directly from Eckhart. Tillich knew Eckhart very well. <laughs> So really, Thich Nhat Hanh is praising Eckhart, but he doesn't know that until he reads my new book here. <laughs> I, I love will. it. Yeah, I hope so, too. Oh, my gosh. Okay, uh, let's go to Eckhart and Rumi. Oh, yeah. Well, um, the Sufi tradition that Rumi's from is, of course, the mystical tradition of Islam, and it's, uh, it's very beautiful. And Eckhart, in over 13 different sermons, he gives credit to Avicenna, who was a Muslim philosopher who lived 200 years before um, Eckhart and Rumi. And Avicenna talks about the spark of the soul. And Eckhart loves that phrase. He uses it a lot. And he says, the spark of our soul is the immortal part of our soul. It's the Holy Spirit. It's also the Christ born in, in the manger in all of us. And Rumi has a beautiful poem about the spark of the soul. Where he says, Ah, one spark flew and burned the house of my heart. Smoke filled the sky. The flames grew fierce in the wind. The fire of the heart is not easily lit. So don't cry out, O Lord, rescue me from the burning flames. Spare me from the army of thoughts that's marching through my mind. So there are Rumi and Eckhart are on the same page. They're both taken by that image of the spark of the soul. And um, um, it comes from the Muslim tradition. And Eckhart... Uh, was familiar with uh, parts of the Muslim tradition, Avicenna, obviously, and um, right. um, because their their writings were circulating in Europe uh, in the 13th century. Mm. If if you could wrap up your book and you say, I hope everyone that picks up a copy of this new book, Meister Eckhart, walks away with X. What would X be? I would hope they walk away to be the mystic warriors of our time that we need. A mystic is a lover, and a warrior stands up to defend what one cherishes. So we all have to be lovers of the earth today and stand up and and protect it. We have to be lovers of women and stand up to protect them. Uh, We have to be lovers of the poor and of everybody, and we have to stand up and be counted to come through with an economic system that works for everybody. And we have to be lovers of children and the young people. They deserve an educational system that taps into all their powers of creativity and wisdom and intuition and, and uh, 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 
unfortunately, the system we have today, you know, when there's a budget crunch in education, out goes the theater department, out goes music, out goes art. It's right. ridiculous. I've been right. working with inner city kids to reinvent education from the inner city out. And the key is creativity. We have them making movies, painting murals, and, and doing poetry. And one time, a, a kid, 18-year-old senior, turned to me, a black kid. He said, this is the first time in four years of high school that anyone's asked me to express myself creatively. So that's mm. why we have so many dropouts in high school, is that uh, kids are bored. And mm. um, uh, they shouldn't be. They should be uh, invited and, and challenged to put their creativity out there. But... Uh, we're doing it back asswards. We're we're stuffing exams into them, and we're not asking them uh, what wisdom is already percolating inside, and that's what comes out in their art and their creativity. If you were going to look uh, in the next, we have a minute and a half to break. If you were going to look at your path in life, where it's been, where it is now, your next big, big leap, your next big project, your next big focus would be what? <laughs> Well, I'm I'm seriously working with some people to um, reinvent my... I had a doctor of ministry program in my own university for nine years, and I'm mm-hmm. working with people to get that off the ground again because I've been away from it for a while. And um, because I, I know the new generation is very interested in this kind of earth-based spirituality that's ecumenical and interfaith and uh, therefore universal, and but they're also interested in the action that uh, we need to take to save Mother Earth and uh, uh, to be a sustainable species again. So, um, yeah, I'm looking now at, at uh, kind of uh, getting back into the education business at the, at the adult level, master's and doctoral degrees, to, uh, so people can, can uh, get at this stuff and get it online as well as right. in, in person. Very nice. The website, MatthewFox.org, MatthewFox.org, the name of the book, Meister Eckhart, 13th Century Religious Mavericks, Ideas to Modern Times. Reverend Dr. Fox, so great to have you on. I really appreciate the extra time that you shared, and I'm looking forward to getting to know you even better. Thank you, David. I like the program that you're doing there. It sounds very needed and important. I like your energy and enthusiasm. Thank you. Uh, You're so welcome. Have a beautiful weekend. 1-800-548-TALK. Reverend Dr. Matthew Fox, what a leader in the world of spirituality, growth, religion, esoteric practices, you name it. He is that and all more. (laughs) I love it. And don't forget, for your friends that missed this interview, as of 9 o'clock Eastern time tonight, you can listen to it. It'll be archived at talkdavid.com. Coming up next, answers to your questions, your emails, your text, 800-548-TALK. I'm David Essel. Stay there. struggle with money or why creating deep love is so challenging or why losing weight and keeping it off is such a struggle hi i'm iHeartRadio radio host and author david essel for 22 years we have helped thousands of people figure out the why to their life challenges and then create a plan that leads to lifelong success if you're ready contact me at talkdavid.com today our one-on-one sessions are so effective that you will absolutely create the life you desire and programs begin as low as 100 hours one-on-one with me david essel at talkdavid.com Office machines and toner are a fact of life in every business. But why pay high dealer prices for your toner cartridges? 
Call the Toner Kings. They sell all toner cartridges for up to 60% less. The Toner Kings have been in business for over 18 years, and they offer free shipping and a 100% quality guarantee on every purchase. So head online to thetonerkings.com. That's thetonerkings.com. Mention you heard this ad on XM Radio and get an additional 20% off your first toner order. Are you exhausted in life, feeling that whatever you do is never enough to see lasting change? I'm David Essel, XM Radio host and author of the new free book, The Power of Focus, yours at TalkDavid.com. We're giving away one million copies of The Power of Focus free at TalkDavid.com. You deserve your desires. Get your free book, The Power of Focus, today at TalkDavid.com. For 21 years, positive talk radio equals David Essel alive. Listen on XM 168 every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Life is short, and it's getting shorter every day. Are you finished procrastinating over your biggest goals in life? Would you like to finally make a lot more money or lose that extra fat? It's time to stop talking about goals and actually achieve them. Master Life Coach David Essel can help you accomplish your biggest goals in life. Register today for any of David's life coaching plans at TalkDavid.com and get an extra session with David absolutely free. Visit TalkDavid.com today. When I met you in the summer To my heartbeat sound We fell in love As the leaves turned brown And we could be together, baby As long as skies are blue You act so innocent now But you light so soon when I met you in the summer You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Every Saturday broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California with uh, Nathan and Tricia. Welcome aboard, gang, as we bring you, oh my God, if you, if you just tuned in right now and you didn't hear the interview with Matthew Fox, you've got to go to the website and listen to it. This guy is so damn good. His writings, his ability to speak uh, the truth about spirituality, religion, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to love it. TalkDavid.com. So let me get a bunch of your stuff here. Let me your, uh, The text number for people that want it, want to send in stuff. We still continue to get these texts coming in regularly at 941266. Seven six seven six nine four one two six six seven six seven six. Phone eight hundred five four eight. Talk. I saw a YouTube video. You discuss the ninety seven slash three principle in love. Please explain. Yeah, this is something that we work with a lot of couples on. We 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 share this principle at all of our love and relationship workshops. And basically, it's this: ninety seven percent of things couples argue about is an absolute waste of time. 97% of things that couples argue about is nonsense. The only stuff that we should really be arguing about is the 3% that we would put under the category deal killer. So affairs, drinking, smoking, overeating, spending money incorrectly, uh, breaking word, breaking trust, 
those type of of major errors in a relationship should be what couples are fighting about and fighting over the relationship to save and getting help with someone like me to help them save a relationship. Three percent is where we should be going to battle to save a love relationship. Three percent. We should be battling to save it. Ninety seven percent. We need to learn how to let it go. Toilet seat covers, food in the refrigerator that's not covered correctly. (laughs) I could go on and on and on. Let it go. Make a mention now and then. Take 10 seconds and cover the food in the refrigerator correctly. Oh, my God. But get off his or her back about it. Seriously, folks. And that's what we help people with. You know, now it doesn't mean that we would say to someone that wasn't putting the cap back on the milk in the refrigerator, oh, don't worry about it, just keep going. So, you know, it would really help us. We wouldn't probably lose all the milk we lose and we wouldn't have to clean it up. And, you know, when you're not covering the food in the fridge, it does go stale quicker and we can't eat it. We have to throw it out. It's a waste of money. Can we do something about that? What can we do? Of course, talk about it in that type of a tone, but not the accusatory, blow it up, scream, yell, rant, rage, right? No, 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 no. 97.3 means let's get smart about what we're fighting about, fighting for. I like to use that terminology in my relationship counseling. What is worth fighting for over the relationship? What is worth coming to your partner and saying, this is unacceptable, we need help with it, with your drinking or my drinking or your spending or my spending or your emotional affairs or my emotional affairs or your flirtatiousness or my flirtatiousness? Like, what do we need to be really getting help with and what do we need to let go of? Comprende? Email me at talkdavid.com if you have questions or if you're in a relationship where you're struggling with some of these things. Email me, talkdavid.com. We've been helping couples since, uh, gosh, before 1990, 25, 26, 27 years now, just starting with a, an individual in London. Uh, and then where else? We just we picked we have new two new clients we started working with today, one in New York, one in London. And um, both of them are about relationship stuff. So we'll help them get it together. Absolutely. 1-800-548-TALK. Text us 941 Um When do you give up on being successful in a network marketing business? I've worked one for six years now with little success. So my very first question is, really? You've worked it for six years, but how hard? Six years seems like a long time, right? If you owned a print shop, if you owned a florist shop, and you did it for six years with no success, would you keep putting money into it? Maybe, maybe not. But what I would probably say is you'd want to say, what am I doing wrong before it even got to the six-year mark, right? And unless you had huge pockets, you probably couldn't take a real business six years because you couldn't afford to fund it and not be successful. But in network marketing, people are sold the biggest lines of crap. All you have to do is put this amount in. Just put a little bit of time every day. Just call, you know, call your family and friends. They're going to love you. They're going to buy your products. And then they'll call their family and friends. And before you know it, you're making $1,000 a week. And before you know it, you're making $10,000 a month. And then you'll be retiring in Fiji and whatever. you know. And it's all nonsense. We have a YouTube video, and that's what I'd recommend. Go to YouTube. Google David Essel Network Marketing. We have a YouTube video there talking about the truth of how to be successful in network marketing. And if you're not successful after six years, there's one or two reasons. One, the product sucks and you don't believe in it because you know it sucks. 
So if you're going to stay in network marketing, get out of that business. If you don't believe in the product, if you don't use it every day, if you don't use it in every way you can, whatever, if you're not fully involved, engrossed with the network marketing product, then, but if you like network marketing, then get the hell out of that business and get into something that you love, number one. Or number two, the second reason why it might be six years and you're not successful is because you're not working hard. Listen. Everyone in the world will earn the value of effort they put in, especially within the first couple of years of working a network marketing business. So you put in 15, 20 minutes a day, expect that amount in pay. So you should probably expect what? I don't know, $25 a week, <laughs> right? $30 a week in pay for 15 minutes a day. That's probably about right. So let's get realistic about the amount of effort that you're putting in. And, you know, and I work with a lot of people over 25 years. I've worked with a lot of people in network marketing. Their uplines either weren't focused or they were, didn't want to ask the uplines after they asked their uplines for success. Or they maybe some, and some network marketing companies, they don't have good training programs. And we really teach people how to do it. But, you know, if you're going to work an hour a day in network marketing, it has to be 60 minutes no bathroom breaks, no getting up to have coffee, light a candle, burn incense, you know, pray to God for a half an hour that you're going to get sales or something. It has to actually be 60 minutes of work or 120 minutes straight of work, no interruption. You know, you have a, you have a, a call volume set of 15 prospects a day on the phone, X amount of people meeting for coffee, X amount of people connecting various social media. I mean, there has to be a freaking plan and you're going to have to get uncomfortable. I don't know a damn person in this world who's gotten really successful in business and not gotten uncomfortable. Every person I know that's successful in business gets uncomfortable. Now, over time, that feeling of uncomfortability of stretching yourself becomes habit, and so it won't be uncomfortable anymore. Does that make sense? It's like it won't be uncomfortable to make 15, 20, 30 phone calls a day. It won't be uncomfortable to host workshops where that you're the main speaker for the event. It won't be uncomfortable for you to be able to pitch yourself and sell yourself. None of that will be uncomfortable because you've done it so frequently, so often, so long that it's just who you are. So I would say just get very realistic. Watch the video on YouTube, David Essel slash Network Marketing. Get real with that, right? Contact me at talkdavid.com if you need more help. I'd be more than help, happy to help you. And make sure you're loving the hell out of the product you're selling, that you believe in it. Not believe in it because you have the potential of making money, but you believe in it because you use it and you really know it's valid. All, everything that we do is at talkdavid.com. All the archives of the show are at talkdavid.com. Free blogs at talkdavid.com. Everything is there. Hey, coming up, Marilyn Scott's going to be talking to us. She is awesome. Oprah's ambassador of hope about the power of utilizing writing to go deeper in your spiritual path. We are so blessed to have her back. I'm David Essel. Stay there. Have you ever wondered?
why you struggle with money or why creating deep love is so challenging or why losing weight and keeping it off is such a struggle. Hi, I'm iHeartRadio host and author David Essel. For 22 years, we have helped thousands of people figure out the why to their life challenges and then create a plan that leads to lifelong success. If you're ready, contact me at talkdavid.com today. Our one-on-one sessions are so effective that you will absolutely create the life you desire. And programs begin as low as $100. One-on-one with me, David Essel, at talkdavid.com.